it's like a political history of the last 30 years written through the eyes of like these individuals Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Libraries podcast, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Jake is joining the show to talk about Wildland. So let's delve into it a little bit. So this is a book by Evan Osnos. Our listeners might know Evan Osnos because um, he's won a Pulitzer and a National Book Award. Um, and I believe both of those were for his 2014, I want to say, book called um, The Age of Ambition, which in which he does like a very similar thing to what he does in this book. So in that book, he he was a reporter in China for like a decade and he goes around China and does extended interviews with very ordinary people to be quite honest some of them happen to be influenced by major news stories one thing i remember in that book is he goes he's does a long section on um this english language learning program where people yelled and that was like their main pedagogical tool. Many Chinese speakers were just like too shy to try and, and also just Western <laughs> communication is, is louder. often louder. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they would have people yell. I don't, I think it was inconclusive whether it worked, but <laughs> um, so that's one thing I remember from that book, but it's, uh, so he does a very similar thing and he goes, um, and this one, he does the same sort of thing, but to America. And he does it by focusing on three places that have had uh, an impact on his life so the first one is greenwich connecticut which is where he's from mm-hmm. um the next one is clarksburg virginia where he got his first reporting job um for the exponent telegram uh-huh. and then the third is chicago illinois um which is where he sort of had his his first big journalism job mm-hmm. i should say um and he sort of ta- he just talks to people in those locations and those are very different locations yeah. yes yeah yeah for sure for sure so it's like um you get sort of different slices of well like in chicago you get everything yes. just because it's it's kind of you know it's very similar to houston and then they just just you know there's rich poor there's everybody lives it's here just, it's yeah. huge yes so. exactly um so you get a little bit of everything um in his exploration of chicago in greenwich you definitely get i i can't remember his i think it's called like the golden triangle and i can't remember what the points in the triangle are anymore but it is like the richest zip code in america um it's just like a train ride from new york um that's where a lot of like high finance uh guys live um and so that's like where you get to see the the upper upper crust and then clarksburg virginia is um or what not virginia excuse me it's west virginia um is oh, yeah. well difference it's yes. west virginia so yes. <laughs> you know you can you, you can imagine hills and all of the uh social ills that have sort of come to Appalachia over the last couple of decades and i would say the book's focus is primarily like from the clinton administration to the present day probably yeah to, to sort of explore and the subtitle is the making of america's fury um he talks to these individuals and many of the individuals have been affected by the huge political stories that we have had over Mm -hmm. the past three decades or so and is he just doing like man on the street interviews where he's just walking up to people or you know i don't really know if he gets into like how he comes across his sources um i i I think that might just kind of narratively be like scrubbed away it's kind of just like 
here's this part. One of the people he does talk to and that he like makes connections with is like the editor of that little tiny paper that he worked on in West okay. Virginia. But yeah, there's a couple other people in there where it just sounds like maybe he heard these stories in reporting or something like okay. that. And it wasn't necessary. Like he heard of the stories there and then sought the people yeah. out or something like that. I was yeah. wondering because it seems like there's like a really big like variety of people mm-hmm. that he's interviewing. So yes. just wondering if there's yeah. a particular way he found them, especially like in China as well. So he was living in China for 10 yeah. years. So I don't really know. Yeah, enough, it, enough yeah. time to put some roots down. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he gets a pretty wide variety of perspectives, including like both sides of the political spectrum, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. So like, and it's not really, I think, the, I think the book takes a few things as givens that will sort of mark it as partisan these days, but are really not that partisan. Like the book talks about January 6th as a violent insurrection against mm-hmm. a legitimate election, which is fact. Right. Uh, but, that's, <laughs> right. but you know, that's where I have to kind of start. But he's certainly not not afraid to criticize people on the left because one of the people that he talks to is a a felon living in Chicago their family like kind of a long story but he gets into the Clinton administration's like three strikes the big crime bill that the Clintons passed Um, so that that, um, got into sort of how um, his felony kept following him around and then eventually his family which was on the south side of Chicago or maybe not the south side some neighborhood that eventually ended up gentrifying they had in like 2004 refined finance their house with an adjustable rate mortgage like yeah and so i mean of course lost their house so like that's the kind of person that he talks to and spends time with Mm -hmm. and like even that guy um who you know would probably considering his circumstances (laughs) want to follow the left gets immersed in a lot of like conspiracy theories that Mm -hmm. whether that are like kind of nonpartisan yeah um you know like vaccines that that doesn't really discriminate (laughs) yeah um but yeah yeah so that's that's the kind of person you know then he also talks to um in greenwich some of the i think the people who are possibly portrayed and whether rightfully so i'll leave up to people who want to read the book but um the people possibly with the least sympathy are the people in greenwich in his writing you kind of get the idea that like they should know better (laughs) um but uh like the one guy there's a doctor he was a medical doctor but then he ended up um becoming a venture capitalist for um medical like startups and um eventually he got arrested for uh, insider trading Mm -hmm. and sort of ended up on the same track as that other felon um, and kind of lost everything. And so he is also a very interesting perspective to look at because he's from, you know, riches to rags. Actually, I mean, he's still fine. Financially speaking, from riches to to like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) To, you know, a house in the suburbs. But, you know, it's um, it's a lot of very interesting perspectives for sure. And from all over the place, too, because like especially in West Virginia, these are people who a lot of their suffering has come down to big business interests outside the state that traditionally the right would side with. And yet their politics are still very right leaning. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like. Yeah, it's more complex than either or, if that makes sense. And it seems like he's talking a lot about, like, fallout of things. Like, fallout. Okay, so 
it's less about like is this true or not true and more what happens whether it's true or not yeah yeah and what other big issues did he highlight i know you mentioned the insurrection i know you mentioned some of the clinton yeah um and the thing is it's so broad ranging so like he talks about being that one of his locations that he talks about is chicago he just talks about like government corruption he talks about rick santelli who gave the who gave the speech that sort of like started off the tea party but in the same breath he also talks about rod blagojevich who was a democratic governor who tried to sell off barack obama's seat after he became president basically his senate Mm -hmm. seat after he became president basically so it's it is kind of it's like a it's like a political history of the last 30 years written through the eyes of like these individuals if that makes sense interesting so then like also he he talks about the bush wars he even connects it because like one guy that he talks about he's a vet who returns home he was prescribed oxycontin for pain then switched to heroin then eventually in some kind of drug haze over a deal gone wrong murdered like five people oh wow. um while very very high um so then he sort of connects that to ashley babbitt who is like one of the seven people or so who died um on january 6th to mention that like well these these wars were really unique she was a veteran of them as well um who like i don't remember if she had substance abuse issues but she these wars were so small scale they involved like less than one percent of the american population actually being deployed but still had such an outsized uh influence on the people who returned from them that it was almost it was very easy to forget yeah. that anything ever happened for at least for the general population and i think and I'm, i haven't been listening to a lot of books on american politics lately but i'm pretty <laughs> sure someone someone in this book said had there been a draft or something like that then we might have actually looked at recovery and mental health services more seriously because more of the population would have been involved. But this was such a huge event for so few people that it just kind of didn't get any get any attention in terms of like supporting the veterans who did return. So are a lot of the people he interviews felons? It just happens to be the three that you mentioned. No, because he talks were. to his editor a lot. Okay. Uh, his his old editor a lot. Those I wasn't sure there. if it was just a coincidence or if it was he mostly interviewed. I mean, I guess since it is a book about American law, talking to people who have run afoul of it is yeah. maybe like one of an easier way to sort yeah. of. <laughs> I mean, a lot look of people don't have much experience one on one with American law. I want to say that no, they're no, they're not all felons, but that's all that in, I wrote in my notes here. <laughs> were the felons. No, you're okay. <laughs> there weren't okay. any politicians that he maybe interviewed. He definitely did. He definitely did. So I know he reached out to Joe Manchin, but didn't get a response because he was talking about West Virginia. And I know that the, one of the reasons they were talking about politics being so captured in West Virginia is because West Virginia's total population is like like 1.8 million which is less than houston Mm -hmm. so like your bang for your buck in terms of like senate the senate is much bigger in west virginia than it would ever be in texas Mm -hmm. yeah so that's sort of like that small state weird situation Mm -hmm. where it doesn't take a whole lot of lobbying to sort of capture everything in that state yeah he did talk to politicians because he definitely has those connections he writes primarily for the new yorker so he certainly has access yeah Mm -hmm. just not coming to me right now if he did did. probably the less interesting (laughs) anecdotes because i don't well yeah i don't think they made up like like i said for the most part this is a book told through the eyes of every every man yeah Yeah, every people were there any other stories that really stood out to you let me see well one thing he does kind of also dive in uh delve into his personal history like 
apparently his grandfather was stabbed in Chicago in like the 20s or something like that. And so to sort of compare to the the felons that he's looking at now, he looks to what happened to the person who stabbed his grandfather. And what's interesting is he, because it was possible in that time, he got out of prison, he changed his name and went on to lead just an entirely normal, right down the middle, law-abiding life after that. Because that kind of thing... And that's another thing that he sort of talks about in this book is that these circumstances are more inescapable than ever. Like there is no ability to forget about that past. That record is more permanent than ever. That is one very interesting thing. Uh, One very interesting quote that sort of like sums up, I think, like the thesis of the book, because I don't think it's a sad book. Um, Apparently, Abe Lincoln's um, Secretary of State, William Seward, said there was always just enough virtue in this republic to save it, sometimes with none to spare. (laughs) So that's like it is very easy to despair of the state of things. But I at least believe in all of my reading about all the depressing things that are happening in America, I at least believe that the center will hold, you know, like we're, we're, we're from the government and we want to right. hold, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's, I think there are people with good hearts. There's just a lot of systems that are hard to notice when they're happening and require a lot of work to help. All right. That's all that I can think of yeah. as far as questions. So. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for bringing us another interesting topic. This one, it feels like it would hit particularly hard these days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye.